but one of my oldest New York, you might be my oldest New York pal. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's an honor. That's yeah. an honor. Uh, so that'd be you, like your first New York pal. Yes, you are. Or my just, f- I'm old. No, no, it's I'm the first. No, you're my first New York pal. Uh, this is Dave Keener. And Dave and I met uh, at our, at my first job in New York City. Um, not on my first day though, because you were away on vacation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know where you were. Do you remember being on vacation? And then coming uh, and back then coming and meeting back me? You don't remember this? This is no, I do formative you, only for me. I do remember you getting walked around the office a little bit. This guy with long blonde hair. Uh, yeah, I used to like have long one blonde of, hair. One of the, what was that band? Nelson that was around a couple really? of years ago? Really? Nelson? Yeah. That's where you're going? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That uh, I Can't Live Without Your Love and Affection song of theirs? Mm-mm. It's really catchy. Oh, I'm it's sure. Like really well I, written. I have heard some of their stuff on the radio. I thought, oh. That's interesting. That's yeah. They 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 know how to write a tune. That's a toe tapper. Yeah, uh, t- toe tapper. I like that. Um, but you and I have known each other, yeah, since nineteen ninety eight, November of nineteen ninety eight, which is just kind of crazy. If you think about it. Yeah, twenty one years we've known each other. Yeah. Okay. I've known people longer than that, so that doesn't freak me out too much. That's that's that seems like right. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Does it seem like it was much shorter to you? It. I don't know that it feels like twenty one years. Hmm. Yeah, but then again, when, yeah. as you get older, like you realize that ten years is not that long. Yeah, I've been doing this daily portrait series for almost three years. Like that's almost like college. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, no, for sure. You've done. Yeah, that's, I feel like you've been doing that for. People think college is a is like a long no. time, but it's actually really short. No, it'll go by. Um, yeah, yeah, you should uh, take advantage of that. Yeah. So here we are <laughs> in Brooklyn, but you grew up in Queens. Yeah. Uh, Huge culture shock. No, not just kidding. Um, well, there's the street, the 42nd Street Avenue Boulevard way kind of thing going on in Queens, right? Where it's like 27 of the same named street and everything's like 42 768 East 43rd <laughs> way and stuff. I don't think we have too much of the East and West there. There, there was a lot of, um, actually, where we lived was really on a grid. Okay. You know, I good. lived on 89th. Uh, on uh, 118th Street and uh, 89th Avenue. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the streets were like that. But some of the big streets had names like Lefferts and Liberty and yeah. stuff like that. Your parents still in that original house that you grew up in? No. No, my folks live in Long Island. Uh, oh, did they move out there? Okay. Yeah, you didn't realize that? That I happened Somehow in I never knew that. Yeah. That happened. In 1986, they moved out to what, Garden it, City South. Was it sad <laughs> when they left the house you grew up in? Like, do you have fond memories? Do you ever go back to that area? And, and, and You know... Um, it was interesting because I was already kind of grown up. Uh, I guess uh, I was about nineteen or so when they did that, yeah. and then um, or eighteen maybe, and I was already kind of looking forward to being somewhere else anyway. So yeah. the fact that they moved to Long Island for a little bit on the way, on my way out somewhere else was was okay. I, I it, that was a little bit strange for me just to move to Long Island, but it's not like I had to go switch schools or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just yeah, I just went to Queens College and that was still in Queens right. and it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Uh what did what did you study in school? English. Okay. And I got a minor in French because I went to France for a semester. What did Tom <laughs> study in school? But more about that later. Yeah. Uh what I did Tom study? That. Uh, <laughs> same thing. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, English. Okay, yeah, and your yeah. father he might have had some theater too. He might have done some theater. But your father is like sort of a a, a scholar in, yeah. in the English mm-hmm. world. Was yes. there was there family pressure for you to do English stuff, or did you just enjoy? No, it? no. Uh, well, for me, I was 
relative to other subjects, I was good at it and interested in it. Yeah. Uh, not on the level of my dad, who was like, oh, my God, you could go to school just to read stories, and then yeah, you could yeah, get yeah, a yeah, job yeah. Yeah, talking yeah. about stories. Yeah. And so, you know. Um, uh, no, there was no no pressure from my dad, but there was some, you know, there was definitely some pressure from my dad to be sort of well-spoken and... Um, you know, he'd say stuff like, oh, I would have put it this way. Oh, <laughs> or, yeah, 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 yeah. Or uh, uh, work on our writing with us and be pretty demanding about it. Um, is he old school, like great books, University of Chicago kind of thinker? Is he, is he like one of those guys? I don't know about University of Chicago. Like, like it's um, all about Greek and you have to read your Shakespeare and have all that basis before you can understand modern the modern world. Hmm. I don't, I don't know if understanding the modern world was a priority. <laughs> I think you should. I know he's very proud of learning a lot of language. To uh, in his PhD, he studied a lot of German and French, and also Latin, and I think Greek. Um, yeah, no, he. I think I definitely. Think, I think he sees the value of Latin. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Go with that. You get out of school with a degree in English and a little bit of French. Yeah. And wh- what do you do? You mean you had obviously been doing some music in high school and and when yeah. you were younger. When did you get your first guitar? Let's see. Uh, I think my aunt Tanya lent me a guitar for a good long time that okay. I used, uh, and, and I think she just lent it to me on a sort of permanent basis, or at least that's the way I interpreted it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. It's I the guitar he's going to use that. today, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I banged around on that for quite a while, and when I was nineteen, I think my grandmother gave me money to buy a guitar, and I bought a Yamaha starter guitar, and it was pretty good. I also yeah. had a little Squire, kind of a cheap little. Uh, Fender Squire electric guitar, uh, yeah. The 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 acoustic guitar thing. It's funny. Yamaha instruments in general get like a eh, rap, but everyone yeah. I know who's ever owned one, I have a good Yamaha grand yeah, piano. Too. It's like they're just good instruments. Yeah, it's good. That's a great. I would say it's a great starter guitar, a Yamaha yeah. in terms yeah. of the price. And I don't really know what the high end ones sound like exactly, but I imagine they're pretty good. Now you do stuff on electric, but you tend to lean t- towards acoustic. Yeah. Day to day, I kind of play acoustic, um, but I've noticed that when I'm making records, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the electric quite a lot. I just feel like it conveys a little better yeah. and then back it up with some acoustic maybe. Yeah. But I've noticed that when I do recording, I, I do a lot of electric. So back then, who was it? Was it like Dylan and Springsteen? Who like, was, was I it? into? Yeah. Uh, well, I was a huge Beatles fan as a kid, and I right. absorbed all that before I even started playing guitar. Yeah. And then I was really into, you know, the new wave stuff was happening, and I had, you know, that happening in sort of one year. And, and my brother's big influence is super punk rocker, yeah. giant punk yeah, yeah. rocker. Yeah. I didn't embrace that Still as much is, as he really. did. Still is, really. He is, he is. He didn't change that much. Um, I liked... Uh, I, I listened to that. I liked Elvis Costello and The Clash and stuff. I didn't sure. really follow him to the Sex Pistols as much. That seemed a little over the top to yeah, me. Yeah. But um, he, he influenced me a lot, my brother's music collection. And then... How much uh, older is he, Tom, than you? Three years. And at our age, it's insignificant. We're the yeah, same age now. But three years, I mean, that's like <laughs> me and my sister, right? Like, yeah, there's yeah. like... He was a senior when you were a freshman in, yeah, t- so in high school. Yeah, so that's a difference like that at that kind of time. Thing. Yeah, 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 sure. I get yeah, it. Yeah, and I was a big fan of... Oh, you know what I liked? I liked the oldies, which in those days were music from the fifties. Yeah. Um, yeah. I listened to a lot of, which that. I think is a very obvious influence in a lot of your music. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, yeah. I think like even the chord progressions you choose to use and the way you choose to like yeah. roll your songs are, yeah. Have a very fifties nostalgic way about them. Yeah, it's true. Is that nostalgia? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, for the eyes does that come naturally or is that like a purposeful addition to, to the kind of songwriting you do? Hmm. Uh, I think it comes naturally. And I think over the years I may have started to realize that uh, I try to embrace everything about what I do with music that it feels more me now. Now I uh, don't push any of that away. So I'm like, oh yeah, I always like to write these sort of, what are, what is that bill? One, two, four, five type yeah, yeah, progression yeah, 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 or something. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I use those a lot. Yeah. Oh, and then like little, little alternatives of that where you go to some of the relative minors and stuff on the way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'll do that alternative a lot too. I uh, just embrace that about myself. I'm like... Why try I, to fight what comes naturally? Yeah, but also... I kind of believe um, you need to, to, if you can stand out at all, that's good. And a good way to do that is to be as you as you possibly can. That right. comes out with me most more in my words that I think are more yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my chord progressions are probably not so shocking, but the words that I do are, I think, are pretty. Yeah, the, it's ownable. It, yeah, it's interesting because like musically and 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 like you're you're playing your music, you're, the the chords, both melodic and harmonic, are super catchy. But you're oh, right. Thanks. So lyrics are the things that make you go, "Oh, I see. This is what's going on in his head." Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think anything that I do musically is, um, you know, changing the course of musical history that much. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and and my words either. But really, uh, but. I think the words is where like a more a little more uniqueness comes out right. probably. So you were in what? Uh, so in in when you had your f- guitar, you were playing with, around with your aunt's guitar. You got your own guitar. Yeah, it were was you, good. Were you writing music or were you just doing covers and picking out other people's tunes? No, I started writing right away. I think I started writing little things just in my head even before I got a guitar. A little bit, just make up stupid fun songs before be on a car trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, with the family, uh, and uh, yeah, the writing—it came right away. We were encouraged to write and be creative. Like you know, we did stuff like my brother and I would do stuff like get a tape recorder yeah. and do a bunch of characters and yeah. do kind of SNL type skits. Which you were still doing when I met you. <laughs> yes, we were. <laughs> yeah, so that it kind of—I I don't know—I felt confident to be like, oh, let me try my hand at writing some verses. And yeah, yeah, and it came easily to you, or was it? I think it. I think it did. Uh, it did come kind of easily to me. And then, of course, you start struggling with some of it at yeah. some point. And do you feel like, and this is a larger artistic question, that art should, whatever art form you're doing, whether like for me, it's photography and some music stuff and some art, you know, visual art stuff. And for you, the writing and music, that it should come easily to you or else you might as well not bother because... You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like a good the, people who str- really struggle at it from the get-go, it's like, if you don't have some natural predilection to this, this is going to be a tough road. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's like, for me, playing baseball. I loved baseball. Yeah. I just wasn't that good at it. You know, so yeah. I would I would try to play, but then at a certain point, maybe, you know, stop. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And just be a fan, and then later on play softball. Or By the way, I, quick aside, who do you think is going to win tonight? I think the Nationals are going to pull it off tonight. You think so? Are you rooting I for kinda, them? Yeah, and I'm also rooting for them. Okay. Yeah. How about right. you? Uh, I, for some reason that I can't really describe, I kind of hope the Astros win. Uh huh. Well, they're not bad. I think the Nationals are getting a little uppity about their like all of these like comebacks <laughs> and all this stuff. You know. And yeah, you don't want got, them. You don't want them getting too big for their britches. Well, they, you know, they lost. They left a whole lot of people on base the past few games. The Nationals. Mm. 
Oh, when you know when I mean? they played it. By the way, gang, uh, the seventh game of the World Series is going on. Tonight. Is happening, yeah, yeah, as we speak. We'll we'll get to that. I'm sure we'll be out of here by the fourth or fifth inning. So we'll, yeah, we'll the way the on. games take four hours now. So yeah, yeah exactly. Probably. Just slow down. Um, all right. So 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 you get out of school. You're writing music. What kind of jobs were you doing at the time? Hmm. Let's see. I think the summer I graduated, I did some kosher catering. Really? Yeah, that was fun. And uh, actually, that was pretty good money. Did you have to be kosher as well, or just the food you were serving? I don't think a person can be kosher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. Where did you do uh, kosher catering? <laughs> um, it, was, uh, it was in Queens. It was called Prestige Catering. It might okay. have been on Hillside Avenue, or, or actually probably off uh, who, the business. It might have been... The business office might have been out of someone's basement. I don't know. But we just worked in all these big halls where someone yeah. would have a bar mitzvah or a wedding or something. But that was, you know, I did like 10 or 12 of those events. But that was good pocket money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's $12 an hour, which was pretty good at that time. Well, when you, when, you were, when you got out of school, what year was that? 89. 89. Did you, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do with your life? Yeah, I, I still wanted to be a musician. Yeah, I still thought, you know, I have to at least try my hand at I'm gonna be singer, songwriter that. thing. Yeah. 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 And so what did you do to that end? And, and, and I started playing at an open mic. Yeah. And um, I got to say, that was really a rewarding on its own. Just met a ton of cool people and yeah. I made a bunch of friends that I still have as friends to this day. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I went to an open mic uh, on Fifth Street that was called The Chameleon. Um, it's kind of associated with anti-folk music and okay. Latch was kind of the empresario behind it all yeah um and i met it made a bunch of friends and you met a bunch of people that also were writing songs and took it seriously and liked a lot of the same bands and introduced me to new stuff right it was it was a lot of fun do you think that that was a special time or do you think it was just a special time in your life so therefore you think of it as a special time you know the late 80s I don't know. It didn't feel like it was particularly a special time to yeah. me I, but you know in retrospect it was it, it actually was very special for me just because all of a sudden, you know, I was an adult. I had a lot of freedom yep. and, um, New York you know, had was my own coming apartment. back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, I had seen, I was used to New York sort of the way it was. So yeah. it didn't was matter like? to me that much either way. When you were like back. a kid in the late seventies and stuff, was it like, if you came into Manhattan, was it like, wow, this is really messed up over here? You know, I gotta say like, if you got off the subway at maybe 42nd street and eighth Avenue and started yeah. walking around, yeah. um, and you were an innocent kid. Uh, it, I don't know if it was like menacing, but it was more like you just got dropped in the most exotic, like slightly dangerous place. The three-card Monty going yeah. on everywhere. People up to stuff. You don't know. Maybe they're hookers. Maybe yeah. they're not. Just a lot of animated stuff going on. It felt like smoke was rising from the... The steam was coming up from yeah, every, every... Neon possible. lights flashing steam coming up from even where there's no holes. It was like yeah. the movie. Like Which all those, one? like every movie. From yeah, that it's like time. every movie. No, it was like that. Um, and crowded, super yeah. crowded, and not with tourists, but with some, with some tourists. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, no, the city was different, and also, you know, if you went through Bryant Park, which now uh, is very kind of humdrum and and not dangerous at all, you know, that was a place with full of drug dealers and yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was different. I'm not trying to think. Was remember, it even the seventies? Probably even a bit, quite a bit into the eighties of 83, four. I remember there was a, a interview with Ed Koch one time and he, and he was talking about, it might've been in like that big New York documentary, the Burns did mm -hmm. Rick Burns, where they said, um, 
he said, you know, I, I, I won the mayorship and I, I hadn't been sworn in yet. And I was walking with my advisors down on like Brighton Beach. And this old Russian woman ran up to me and she said, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor. And she grabbed my hand and she looked at me and she said, please make it like it used to be. And, wow. And Ed Koch says, and I looked at the woman and I said, ma'am, I'll try, but I don't know that it ever was the way you think it was. Yeah. There's probably some truth to that. So, I mean, do you have, is there any nostalgia for like the bad old days of New York? Yeah. Yeah. I have some of that. Um, I, I mean, I miss, I, I, I feel like it's been a little bit of a put on that went from this hell hole to this great place. You know, right. we lost, we definitely lost a lot of attitude and a lot of fun along with all the, uh, you know, along with the squeegee guys, we yeah. went some yeah. personality too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, and you know, you go to the East village now there, it's not full of little rock clubs and little bars and places to play music. It's like a gym next to a really fancy liquor store next yeah. to, I don't know, Pilates studio next to a cute, you know, artisanal mustard place or something like that. <laughs> It's yeah. true. Or a bank actually down there. A lot of probably. banks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um very different. And and how much did you were you were in France for how long in college? Six months, I think. And was that a transformative experience for you for real? I think I grew up a little bit doing that. I hadn't you know, I was on my own. Yeah. I rented a house. French for, ladies of the night and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I should have probably. That would have been a good experience. But no, I didn't uh yeah. Um I, I rented a room from a French lady. Her husband was doing his military service, which was compulsory at the time. Um, and she and I became friends, and then he would come back on holidays and stuff, and we'd be friends. And yeah. it was great. I just rented a room from somebody who kind of needed the extra cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereabouts in town were you living? Not in Paris itself. I was a little in the suburbs. Uh, my parents, actually, I'm sure, would have given me whatever I needed to to have a great trip, but I had never managed my own money before. And instead of, you know, wasting it on everything, I kind of went the opposite way. I was really tight with a dollar when I yeah. was over there and, uh, things seemed quite expensive actually. Um, and I, I got really cheap rent and I, I lived kind of in the suburbs. Yeah. I lived by a racetrack that was, you know how in Paris in the North, uh, just North of Paris, there's Saint-Denis. That was the college I went to. Okay. It used to be the end of the subway line. I don't think it is anymore. And then there was like a like a Long Island Railroad type train that you would take a little further out. Yeah, I lived a few stops railroad. down on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How often did you go down into town where it was? No, every day. Pretty much every day. Yeah. After school or yeah. before my class. Did you find the French people nice to you as a young 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid from America? Yeah, sometimes they really were. Um, my, I mean, the lady I lived with, Marie Therese. You still was, keep in touch with her? You know, I did up to maybe about eight, nine years ago, and I bet I could find her again. Um, I feel like she might have got divorced from her husband because he has a Facebook profile with no picture on it. And, oh, you're still know. friends with him on, on Facebook? Hey, yeah, he friended me, but he doesn't say much. Um, anyway, I have to piece that mystery together. Yeah, that could uh, be Do I stay? You know, so I haven't, we were in touch for about 10 years, and then maybe not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I met you, you and your brother had a record. Yeah. Uh, that you had just finished that our good friend Neil Barrower designed for you. Oh, yeah. I was right. texting with him today. Uh, Neil yeah, worked with us job. back in the day. Yeah. Um, and you wrote a song about France. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Um, I was... I'm not sure how the two things came together, but I was thinking about the sort of talking blues type songs yeah, yeah, that yeah. are a long tradition and that maybe Dylan did 
when I was listening to them on yeah. records. Yeah. Um, and somehow, uh, I like the juxtaposition of, let me tell you about going to France, because nobody would write a talking blues song about that. No. Yeah, that, no, that's the genius of it. Uh, we're yeah, going yeah. to mix some songs in here. Do you mind playing that one for us now? Yeah, that would be great. All right, cool. The, uh, yeah, I'm more worried about that. Well, let me tell you about this trip I took to France now. I was enchanted by that crazy can-can dance now. Thinking of burgundy and goose liver pate. I salivated all the way to JFK. Man on the bus said, you all right, son? I just smiled. Don't worry, Jack, I'm just a rabid Francophile. Get to the airport, buy some magazines. One rarely gets a chance to spend some time in Queens Woo! But I was shaking as they led me to my seat And then they told me all oh, the alcohol was free Woo! Next thing you know, we're going past the speed of sound I had to ask some guy in the future to turn his radio down The lady next to me is asking about Spain I said, for the most part rain there's restricted to the plane some of the gentry, they have rotten tasting pants. Get on the stick, lady, the plane's going to France. Passing headphones out, I purchased some, of course Thinking the movie'd be some groovy tour de force I was mistaken for I realized in time It was just aliens messing with my mind Next thing you know, we're touching down to Charles de Gaulle He was the president, now he's the airport as well And I hopped on the subway or the metro as it's known by Millions of francophiles who call this place their home And a, a man said, hey there, welcome to the City of Lights I said, thank you very much, sir, and went off to see the sights They got these French girls, they're all checking me out They got these scarves, they like to twirl them all about I won't need my pastry gun to fill your heart with joy my chérie, let me be a Yankee Doodle Boy Woo! And then it seemed I had meander towards Montmartre Some cats were listening to some cats playing guitar I said, hey man, can I borrow that? They asked me pourquoi I said, I want to show you how it's done in the back of Freddy's bar When I was finished, you know, they didn't even clap I said, I've been on Bill Wadman's podcast I don't take that kind of crap a little further on, I chanced upon a rave. They said, we love Jim Morrison, and this here is his grave. Here, take a crepe, write something really nice. I said, you crazy Frenchie, that's a waste of art supplies. Get to the Moulin Rouge, my cheeks are all aglow. Ordered some yogurt and sat down to see the show. I was disappointed, I only got myself to blame, cause... By today's standards, the can-can is kind of lame And I head back to Brooklyn, change my centimes into cents Chalk the whole affair up to experience Let's go! Yeah. 
love that song. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it it feels like the especially here. Let me pull this thing up again. This gain where is it? Forty six to fifty two or so. <clears throat> that that especially with that first record with your brother, that that you had styles of songs you wanted to do, and you sort of like riffed on. It felt like you riffed on genres to some extent. Yeah, I think that's true. Do, do you think that that was? something you did because you just wanted to reference things from your youth or that that made it easier to write, to sort of imagine, Oh, I can imagine being Dylan writing a song like that. I'm going to write one like that and, and write yeah, it about my trip did to I France. Do that? Why do we do that? We both did that a lot. I think maybe that record be- in particular feels that way. Yeah, right? I think maybe because we were doing, it was a comedy thing that we were doing. Right. And I think that we both went there a lot. You know, because Tom would start some and I would start others. Yeah. And uh, then we'd finish them together. I think I wrote this one by myself a little earlier, but most of the songs on that record, one of us started and the other, then we got together and wrote like a... Very Lennon and McCartney. Kind of like Lennon and McCartney on a bed in a hotel a little bit and then just passing them back and forth. It was great. Uh, He wrote a lot of great tunes, my brother did. Yeah. 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 Um, But... um, Do you think your sense of humor is similar? Or do you think yes, but he is, uh, I, I, he, I think he's a little more, ver- he has a little more verbal dexterity and a little more, bit more of a highfalutin vocabulary, a more which is vaudevillian. No, I, mean, I think we both have that, but he, uh, I, I'd say his, you know, if it was Monty Python, he might be a little more John Cleese. Okay. And yeah. I might be a little more Eric Idley and, and yeah, yeah, or yeah, John, yeah, yeah. Michael Palin a little in yeah. the way I do. Cause he's, he's a lot of his comedy comes from the verbal, uh, just great word choice yeah, for yeah. things. And did you find that fulfilling writing with him? Oh, yeah. Because I mean, no, you've, you've tons we, of, you guys wrote tons of stuff together. You've done tons of records together, or yourself, rather, uh, yeah. separately. Is there, is there, do you prefer one over the other? Do you like having ultimate creative control? Or is there something about the collaboration that is actually kind of fruitful in the sense that there's more than just you making decisions. No, no, no I think that's good. I, I, I'm glad that I had that experience. Kind of. That's really the only time I've had that where um, uh, uh, of writing songs together. You and Karen I, never write songs together. I, we tried a little, and I'm sure we could try it again. Just but didn't we, we didn't really. I don't know. I think maybe it's worth trying it again now that yeah. we've known each other a longer time. Might be worth trying it again. But um, it is interesting though that, that that's definitely a thing where you either have a thing with somebody where it feels like. Oh yeah, like I have an idea. Oh yeah, that's a good idea too. And you like it naturally kind of builds. I think it's honestly more often uh, that's good for like I think taking it over the finish line. And yeah. I think more often somebody starts with like Tom with "That's My Kind of Show," right? Uh, which was a funny song on that album. He had uh, he had you know when I see girlies dancing and my toesies started tapping and that's my kind. He had all yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, he yeah. had like the first verse and he had like the attitude. And I think maybe I. Uh, worked on the music a little bit and then we wrote some verses together yeah. possibly but um it's good i think with collaboration i honestly think it's better if somebody comes with a chunk of song right together but i mean party. At, the, at that point that i that 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 record came out you were working as a full-time copywriter yeah so how did you go from kosher server to full-time copywriter we um uh, let's see the next step really was just becoming a temp. 
So at least I learned about how to work in an office which, a little bit. Which ultimately led to the available temping man, which was kind of a very funny. <laughs> yeah. Has anybody turned that into a video thing? So it's, no, we have. We have. Do. We made an actual cartoon. We worked with an artist and flash artist at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, is it is it a? I mean, is it uh, available still today? Because I believe it's on Vimeo someplace. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to find a thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I always thought that was very funny. In fact, it was funny. It's, it hasn't. It's it, it might not have aged well in terms of wokeness. But, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Although it's it is funny though that the, the uh, still to this day and this is going to sound really cheesy. Any t- the the joke about like how do those pie charts taste? <laughs> and he was delicious <laughs> in my head twenty years well, later. Who asked him that? It was Sticky Boy said they were delicious. Yeah, I think so. He's like, how do those pie charts taste? Exactly. Sticky boy? Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's like the other side to Tom's comedy is like you know. He can be like with great verbal dexterity, but he also has a real place in his heart for like, like morons. Like yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. really simple little high voiced morons. Like he likes to go, uh, I, I, I don't know, I can't even think of it yeah. now. Like, oh, I ate ever so much cake. Or I don't know. Little yeah, yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be one of mine, but anyway, you get where I'm going. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's funny, the old time, like, and some of that also. Cretans. Also feels like a lot of sort of oldie timey comedy, as it were, like a lot of that sort of sense, right? Like a joke like that. How do those pie charts taste delicious? <laughs> like that's that's a dad joke, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to some I guess extent, sort of. Yeah, but, but it's yeah. funny. I met these two young. There were witty ones too. Oh, there, there were, were a lot of really good jokes in that. Stupid. I'm saying that particular joke was yeah, was yeah, like yeah. a. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, right. I met these two young dancers recently, and one was tall and one was short. I was like, "You guys are like the Abbott and Costello of of dance," and they looked at me. They didn't know who Abbott and Costello were. Yeah. So I sent them who's on first, and they didn't find it funny. And I wonder if it's a like. I mean, look, you and I are not that generation, but I still find who's on first, yeah, pretty genius. That was pretty brilliant. Did they even write that, or did someone write that for them? I, I wonder. think they, I think they wrote it with somebody else. And yeah, it, it went through a lot of iterations. If you read the Wikipedia entry for who's on first, it's complicated. Well, like you're a little younger than me, but um, you still came up, you're still growing up at the time when there were. There was some syndicated TV from really old times on yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Abbott and Costello and Little Rascals. Yeah, that stuff might actually be on back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so when you started temping, was it doing copy stuff? Because be no, useful? no, it was. Uh, there was a, a major lawsuit about plastic pipes leach, you know, leaching into the people's water supply and them getting cancer. And uh, we worked on that. I worked on that, just indexing that. Like if I saw the word. Uh, I don't know. I forget what the words I yeah. was looking for. I'd Mesothelioma. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to uh, circle them. Or cancer. Oh, yeah, circle that one. And then somebody put it in a database. Really? Yeah, there's a ton of us that just, you know, found the words in the in the things we were reading. You know, um, polybutylene piping, selenese, I think that was a yeah. maker. Uh, and then other people would be typing it in. Uh, yeah, it probably doesn't work like that. That's now. some tedious work right there. Yeah. But it was okay. It was all attempts, and they were all musicians or actors actually they're mostly actors yeah and actually it's a pretty fun job until i realized oh this is i probably need to just uh, get out of here now yeah yeah but, yeah but was that was that a uh uh instantiating situation where you were like oh this is i learned a lesson here that i don't want to do this forever let me see if i oh, yeah can. i mean i didn't I had no interest in being a paralegal or anything uh, i also my uncle got both of us jobs teaching at what is now the new york 
College of Technology on J Street. Sure. So we had some adjunct professor classes, but that that was great, but it wasn't enough to is that get an City income Tech together. or is that a different one? That was used to be called City Tech. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have a friend who's who's a tenured professor there now. Oh wow! And yeah. I go give talks there sometimes. Oh, that's cool. He's a Photoshop illustrator, like a design teacher, and he has me come in every year. And oh, that's great! You do a lot Eli, of that. That's who fun. I interviewed a, a while back on the show. Yeah. Um. So so. Did you enjoy teaching? Did you? Was there part of you that said, "Oh, I should go back to my grad school"? Get yeah, my teaching I thought degree? about it, and I went, even went to Hunter and I think was registering. And uh, in the process of going around that school and seeing the classes I would have to take to get my uh, master's in literature, I was just thinking, "Yeah, I don't want to read this twelve hundred page Thackeray book." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I sound like an ignoramus now, but I just I knew myself. I was I I, I don't want to read necessarily all these old stories about a woman maybe trying to marry well in the 18th century. And uh, not that they're not great. And, you know, I don't mean to dismiss that. There was context to that. Marrying well could be like a real life or death big thing. But uh, I I sure didn't want to spend all my time doing that. So then we, um, I think what happened was my brother got a job writing copy at some kind of an internet place called Site Specific. Okay. And then I was able to... uh, He was like... Hey, Dave, you should use your education like I am, like writing this schlock for these internet yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the, They no, don't know any different. But it sounded good, actually, at the time. It sure. was a better pay than being a temp, and it had a little bit of a future, maybe, yeah. in advertising. So that's what I did. He was at Site Specific, and I was at a place called US Interactive. And yeah. I got... So I that was your some, first copywriting job, yeah, I got where a, I met you. Yeah, I took some class at SVA and then put a portfolio together and had contacts through my brother, and one of them hired me. Yeah. Interesting. And that's where you and I began. Yeah. Which that's is just really began. funny. Yes. Uh, and so you've been doing this dual thing of writing music and yeah. working in advertising for the last 20 years. At least. Right. Maybe 30. I'm not sure. So it's there were, were there breaks in there where you weren't playing as much music? Yeah. And then. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, well, there was the, uh, when, the, when I met my first wife and, you know, we got married and stuff. Yeah. I uh, into the, I guess about a year into that or so, I, um, you know, my brother actually had been married and had his first child. So them Keener boys kind of stopped. Right. That's what I had been doing. I had kind of stopped doing my own solo music thing. Um, but what I started doing was playing Irish music, and it was actually great because I was looking for something where I would be playing music all the time. Yeah. But it kind of like not having to organize all the musicians to get in one place and rent a studio and make an album or anything. It was just, you know, on this night, we meet in this bar, we sit in a circle and we play. For for listeners, because this is an audio-only podcast, Dave's actually dressed as a leprechaun right now. Yes, yes. Um, (laughs) uh, But uh, we all dress, because that's how Irish music is. You dress as a leprechaun (laughs) and you put on a brogue and you play. Um, But you found that satisfying. I I did for quite a while. And then I started to miss kind of having my voice yeah. Although it was fun and I met great people and you were always playing music and I learned a lot just I I think I got better on the playing an instrument side. Yeah, yeah. So from from, a, from the Irish music. Yeah, cuz I was playing a banjo which is kind of yeah. like wrestling in yeah. that little alligator. Yeah. And you you've also come from like a you've gone from being doing music with a comedy tinge to it. Yeah. I mean obviously there's still some stuff in your current music where you'll make jokes or, you know what I mean? You're playing yeah. a character, but 
it's more much more serious than it was when I met you 20 years ago. Your music is a general rule. That's interesting. Yeah. And I was just wondering if like, if that all has to do with, you know, you know, you had your stroke, right? Like, and all that kind of stuff that happened. I mean, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, But I mean, all of that and, you know, first wife and all this kind of stuff. I mean, did, did that, do you think that that led to, well, yeah, the first album that I did all, you know, um, was solo album you know, forget about tapes and demos in the old days, but like first actual CD of my own music of full length. Yeah. That was really informed by going through my split up from my first wife. And why would it not be? In fact, it was kind of a form of, therapy for me to write that stuff that's exactly what i was going to ask you yeah yeah i mean i was going to ask like because some of your music certainly has an autobiographical feel to it but whenever i write music god i haven't done that in a while but when i used to write music and i would have to write lyrics and i am far more of interested in the music than the lyrics when i'm writing songs Mm -hmm. where you while your music is good you put a lot of the weight into your lyrics yeah um, the whole idea of, well, that's not me. That's a character that I'm singing about, even if I'm saying it sort of in the first person, you know, there's, there's people, there's people who will, you know, I, you know, Springsteen, for example, you say, well, I'm not singing about me, even though I'm saying I'll pick you up and we'll get the hell out of here yeah, or whatever right, it is. Right, He's right. like, that's just a character, man. You don't yeah, understand, yeah. you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. Do you think of your stuff from an autobiography, even if it's not a hundred percent true? I mean, obviously they're, they're shades and stories within the reality yeah, it's a good question. It's 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 somewhere in between. I I'll tell you this right now. I'm very conscious of trying to write my real thoughts and not um, what one would write naturally by listening to a lot of music. You know, listening to a ton of music, right. which tends to have a lot of themes that get repeated. Yep. Um, and they'll bubble up inside of you too. But I'm trying to tune those out a little bit and just write when I have like a weird, interesting thought to try to grab hold of that like recently wrote a song called i need an old hero yeah i read that i listened to that one the other yeah day. yeah it's just because I, I thought you know now that i'm entering this i'm my early 50s and you know for this next 20 years i'm not really sure who to follow my dad is now you know 82 or something yeah yeah and um but like who's the guy who's gonna who's gonna be my role model for the 60s yeah, yeah. sure um Unfortunately, Anthony Bourdain died. I, I'm not joking. I, I was trying to use him as my role model yeah, yeah, a yeah. little bit. <laughs> Have you, I mean, has that been a thing for you? The 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 whole. I mean, we'll get back to this in a second because I think it's an interesting question. But you, since you clicked on the role models. Have you always needed a role model or wanted a role model or have you had a role model or, you know, how did that work for you in your life? I haven't thought about it much, but my brother's been a role model. Um, my dad's a role model. But, you know, my brother is a day-to-day role model who's always a few years ahead of me, so there's a yeah. lot to learn from him. Yeah, you can kind of see your relative future just by watching whatever your brother's doing because you'll be yeah, there right. for years, yeah. Um, you know, our friend Mark is a little bit of a role model to me when we were, when we were sure. starting to play because he knew more about all the subjects yeah. involved than I did. Interestingly enough, though, you've listed three people that you know intimately, like good friends of yours yeah, or right, family. Right. You're not saying Tom Brady's a role model or, you know what I mean, like that, you know, that kind of thing. Or, you know what I mean, I, like... I'm, or, you know, Tom Waits. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? You're, you're not like saying just yeah. random well, you know, famous I do, people. I do have, uh, the song is kind of about why do I still see so many things in life, you know, uh, filtered through the Beatles and the story of the Beatles. It's the Beatles crazy. are hard to let go. Oh, no, I'm... I mean, 
hopeless case of addicted to I mean, the you and Mark, my friend Chris Malamphy, who does the Hit yeah. Parade podcast on Slate. I mean, he just like... I, I have a copy of the complete Beatles. Is, is that what it's called? There was a documentary yeah, it's spelled wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a documentary. That it's also was also a book. Yeah. It was a, there was a book too. Yeah. But there's an early eighties documentary that they basically, it doesn't exist in anything other than VHS because they pulled the licensing after they made the mm. Beatles anthology. Mm, okay. For the music. And sense. I have a copy of it and both Mark humble and Chris Malamphy, like remember this thing and love it. And so I was gonna actually gonna have them over watch it and oh, then that's discuss a good it. Good idea, live. Yeah, do it live. That's yeah. Funny. So if you want in on that, you could be. Uh, you'd yeah, be fun sure. With that. I'm not quite a. It, it, Mark two is of definitely them are a ten. Free. Yeah, I'm more of like a seven and a half. Yeah, but I'm yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but but role models. It wasn't other. It wasn't big famous musicians. It was the Beatles were big hero. Yeah, to me, um, but. It was hard to apply. You couldn't really... You were what? How old were you when John Lennon died? 13? Something like yeah. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, that a, was that a big thing for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was quite a shock. Actually, that and Thurman Munson of the Yankees dying a year earlier, that was quite a shock, too. That was yeah. probably a bigger shock, because that was the first famous person I really liked dying. And then, uh, yeah, John Lennon, that was, that was really hard to take in. Yeah, I was five, so I don't have any real recollection of it. Yeah, know? no, I remember the morning we had our bunk beds, even though we were getting a little too old for them, and yeah, uh, yeah I remember hearing it on, I think, WNEW, which is a rock station in New York that Tom listened to, and it was yeah. like, what, what? well, you can't get your head around it at first, and then you go to yeah. school and a couple kids say it, because a couple kids know who he is, and that's about all I remember of it. Yeah, interesting. Um, Alright, so, uh, sorry, back, uh, the, the looking for, um, I was asking about the comedy turning into the other thing. Yeah. We were talking about your your split up. We were talking about Yeah, uh, yeah. Are the songs more serious? Oh, your I songs, never yeah. thought of it before. Um the I, I think I was more into doing funny I probably was into doing more funny songs. When maybe when you first you know what well, well you, you also think had of your them, inspirational Keener boys, speaker different. thing too. Oh yeah, that was uh yeah, because when you first met me, it was just them Keener boys going Yes, out. It was before I did solo stuff. So yeah, yep. that was all funny stuff. Um, then uh, before the Irish music phase, there was a phase where I was... Because Tom kind of had to focus on family. Yep. Uh, so I started doing my own little one-man comedy music thing called Rick Toledo's Showdivation System. Yeah, which is pretty great. Yeah, he's a motivational speaker who uses his... He was a failed entertainer. Yeah. And he tried to reinvent himself as a motivational speaker, but kind of couldn't let go of the entertainer part. So he'd give you little life lessons, but each one would use a different one of his talents, yeah. comedy, singing, dancing, whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. It was funny. Uh, and I had a lot of, and I, I think I became a much better actor and stuff. And, yeah. and, and I wrote funny songs for that too. But um, yeah. And uh, it was fun. I had a little residency at Barth Bess and, yeah. um, it was a good time, uh, but I started to get exhausted by it. It was hard to pull do, together. Do you think about, I mean, and this is now and before, do you think about the things you've done in the past and see them as, like, whether regardless of how they went or how they were received, do you see them as, oh, yeah, like, yeah, that didn't work out, but I got this out of it? And did oh, you feel that? Definitely. Did you feel that way at the time, or are you the kind of person who gets disappointed or frustrated if you get too tired of something or, you know? I think I think that uh, wait, you know, like when them Keener boys kind of wrapped up, I definitely felt a little bummed about that. Yeah, um, 
but it's probably just time, you know, that's life. Sure. Kind of other things to think about. Um, some of the other th- changes, like suddenly not playing Irish music after five years or suddenly not doing Rick Toledo after two or three years, uh, that was easier to adjust. I felt like I went into those purely of my own choice. Sure. You know, um, and the Irish thing, I realized it was great and I met a lot of great people and I learned a lot from it, but I didn't have my voice. Sure. I missed saying what I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I got back in. And also, you know, the therapist I was seeing at the time was saying, uh, cause it was getting divorced. It was like, Oh, you got to, you got to start writing your songs again. It's the only way to, what was, do you remember the first one you thing, started first writing thing to start doing? Yeah. Um, I'm on the easy way. It's, um, it's called, uh, Something about a guitar. Guitar. Oh, boy. Put the guitar in your hand. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she which, had even said... Even which is a real literal a, thing, right? Like, Yeah. It, I'm going to put the guitar in my advice. hand and just write a song. It's just all about, you know, kind of put on the put the guitar in your hand, put yeah. the blinders on, yeah. and go. Um, and uh, that is good advice. Did that stuff really pour out, or was that difficult, that record? Because that record is particularly heartfelt. You know what I mean? I guess it is, yeah. I mean, knowing you and being your friend for all these years yeah. and knowing the whole story of all that stuff and yeah. watching it all happen, yeah. I listen to that record and I feel for you. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I, and by the way, I don't want to beat up on my first wife, Lori, at all. She's great and yeah, life goes on and she's really happy and I'm really happy and uh, uh, I guess it had to happen. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, that the album is very heartfelt because yeah, I was... I was, I was Leaving that life and trying to not be too sad, sure, to go on with yeah, life, and yeah. I also was maybe trying to meet new people. And so there's let's a lot write going some music on. And get out and huh? Let's write some music and maybe get out and play some of it. Yeah, although I, I don't think I went out and played much. I think I was a little. I think I started doing songwriter deathmatch. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. I, I the uh, I remember going over. Rob's house to yeah that was shoot great. the cover of that record yeah because he made cool. that crazy sculpture that, sculpture thing that's on the cover of the record yeah that's beautiful he does these great and I brought him a red paper and we like set it up it was like a little seamless yeah yeah studio. yeah yeah no it looked great his sculptures are fantastic it was just really what a really funny situation that whole thing was like <laughs> yeah. I can still picture he had that whole room there. full of a lot of his art yeah and it was fun to see all the little things he had made yeah, yeah. it's um uh. It's it's really interesting, you know, doing copy and doing lyrics. Do you see them as anything to do with the same thing? Yeah, uh, I particularly try to use the training of getting things done, okay, and not letting anything get in the way of getting them done. So when I start writing songs, I never go like, "Oh, where's the muse?" You know, I'll yeah. I'll chase it. Now it's true if it's just not happening. Yeah. I, I might put it down. Yeah, walk away. Yeah, yeah but um, but it's not going to stop you from I, sitting I, down. The I first try place. to blast through the whole story of the song. Yeah, yeah. In, in the first couple times, uh, maybe the first time I'm working on it. Yeah. What is the uh, uh, oh, who the hell said it? Chuck Close. Uh, huh. He said, uh, in, "You know, inspiration is for amateurs. Professionals it's, just sit down and get to work." It's true. Yeah, it's true. But <laughs> you do get inspiration. I feel like and oh, we talked not, about not this the, on the show. Not the professionals too. can't get inspiration. It's just that like you can't I think wait that's for really it. Really, a good. Uh, that's good advice. Um, yeah. I think Picasso said, the "Inspiration comes, but it has to find you working." Yeah, I think that's true too. I mean, I, I don't get paid like those two guys, but I do do this stuff a lot, and I realize that. 
and we talked about this on our other show a little bit too. Um, you, if you got to keep trying, and to be sitting on the subway, yeah, and just looking at someone walk on the subway and get a little bit of a bolt of an idea for a song, yeah, you got to have been trying to write songs, you know, a few of the past a few days in the past couple of weeks. Oh, you, you have got, to you, you have, have to be I primed like, a little bit. Yeah, I feel like you have to be like getting something flowing in your head and what my theory is that some part of you is still working on that song a little bit while you're there's your more active present focused brain going doing its thing something's bubbling back there for you seeing people somebody get on the subway sometimes will instigate something uh no it's just sort of a random event yeah, but, I was uh, just but, like but, but yeah just walk but yeah especially i shouldn't say the subway walking subway is a good time to refine lyrics uh, just walking is a good time for tunes and song ideas to come in your head, and I'm not sure why. And do you do you find that an idea becomes a whole song, or could an idea be a jigsaw piece that fits into a puzzle that you needed to find? Does that make sense? No, yeah, mostly the things that feel like a bolt out of the blue are a whole song and not a missing piece. Yeah, and if it comes, if you have an idea for something, usually like kind of just pours out like, oh yeah, yeah I have an idea. You could sit down for four hours and, and be done with a song. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, recently, a lot of times um, there are sort of two sessions. Okay. One where it sort of comes out and I try to get at whatever's there. Yep. Um, and I'll try to give that a little bit of a beginning, middle, and an end. Yep. And then there'll be another session where I sit down, you know, undisturbed for a couple hours. And then there'll be like refining lyrics on the subway. Oh, this one's still bothering me. What's what are like three ways to do that line better? And yeah. I might settle on one, and yeah. then two years later, I might rewrite it again. It the uh, tell me about the stroke that you had because it was that I was on a it was, uh, Halloween, was it St. <laughs> Patrick's Day? St. Patrick's Irish Day, Irish right? Halloween. Oh, yes, it was St. Patrick's Day. My bad. <laughs> I just remember a lot of people out on the streets and it being like a party, and you were out or something like that. When it yeah, we, uh, we have our Irish band, the County Kings, yeah, that sometimes plays out and sometimes just plays in a big party with friends and family um but always plays on st patrick's day or roundabout excuse me um we had two sets to play at the two booths in park slope and uh i had had a bad headache the whole day and uh, which you normally get or normally don't get no i don't normally get a bad headache. okay so this so this was there was something odd about that no i mean i've always had a little bit of trouble with headaches, but this one was really persistent and none of my little things to make it subside a bit worked. Yeah. Uh, did they think that later after the fact, did they say that that was probably a precursor? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So played Irish music and, you know, playing loud music with a headache is not fun, but we kind of had to do it. Yeah. And I, I still had, actually I did have some fun that night anyway. Sometimes the music just distracts you, but yeah, this pain. And then, uh, afterwards came home and, uh, actually had to wait up for a bit cause somebody was visiting us and wanted to stay over the house. I had to wait for that guy. So I was really exhausted by the time I went to bed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I woke up and, uh, but then I was like, wait, I don't feel right. And uh, I, um, my body just doesn't feel right. Yeah. And then I, I just kind of went over on my side and, uh, and I was trying to explain. She asked me, like, what's wrong? And I, I was trying to explain what it is. And um, my tongue was sticking to the top of my mouth. Uh, Uncontrollably. 
yeah, I couldn't. And then it started to come back. Like I really couldn't get words out. And then it started to get a little better, but I couldn't quite finish words. I couldn't quite put the ending on the word. You know, it was like that. Was that, and you knew this was happening? Like you could understand what was wrong or is that just how she heard it? No, no, I knew that it was happening. Okay, okay. And also my hands were tingling. Like I was, I remember I was in this room actually. I was trying to feel the bedpost, the coldness of the metal bedpost just to like have sensation in my hands. It was, it was quite creepy, but I was so exhausted that I insisted on not going to the hospital, just going to bed. I was so beat. Yeah. Uh, which wasn't, is not the thing to do if you're having a stroke because they can do a lot to help you uh, if they do it within the first three hours. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, the next day I was happened to be telling my brother over Gchat. And he was like, what the fuck are we talking about? Go to a fucking hospital, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, idiot. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, we have this thing at work, you know. And then he's like... Uh, then Maria, my sister-in-law, works at the hospital. Is like, I talked to the neurologist yeah, yeah, two yeah, doors yeah. down. He's like, get over the mother freaking hospital. And then I was like, uh, okay. Come but on, by guys. By now it's like three or I four in the afternoon. I got a presentation at work. Yeah. <laughs> by now it's three or four in the afternoon. I've been a real idiot. And then yeah. I finally head over there. So perfect timing. Yeah, so this uh, is 12 hours later or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then... Um, you know, walking into the emergency room on a Friday night at seven o'clock in Brooklyn is not a great idea if anyone's considering it. But uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. a, there's a lot going on. <laughs> Do you go to Methodist? <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and then I, I, it's funny. A, a series of doctors will come into an ER and then ask you questions, and they're all like, "Oh, what were you doing? Um, just playing some Irish music tonight or St. Patrick's Day the night before? Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, did you?" take any drugs or alcohol yeah, no yeah. i didn't do were it you on heroin or yeah. some sort of and then it's funny a couple a couple of them a little smart alky like or like tried to they sent different doctors in there to ask me i think they were wondering maybe i wasn't comfortable with some of them oh okay but then they sent a, co- like a guy male who, female thing or, or a, yeah or an age thing because i remember at one point you know then like the indian doctor comes in and you know he asks you you know he's probably not a guy that does cocaine and he asks you sort of stiffly like if you're doing the drugs and uh then um the you know young doctor with long hair who's kind of about your age comes in and is like oh so what were you doing i was playing music oh cool uh yeah just doing a little cocaine while you did it or no like you just sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. lead the witness a little bit like no really seriously i had a headache i didn't do any i don't we're do any drugs or ever but I didn't drink a, th- a thing, and I, you know, I never really do any drugs. Okay, yeah. I have a little bit, maybe once in a while, but not much. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no. So then, uh, you know, then at that point, I think there are a lot of different things that can be. So they start giving you tests, and then I got in a room and stayed there for about a week while they gave me. A, it takes a week to get tested on three or four different machines in sure. a hospital these days. I, I think I came to visit you one of those days. I don't yeah. know exactly yeah, which day, did, but yeah. yeah. No, thank you for that. So, 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 what they end up doing? Where well, was the problem? Um, they, um, yeah, they found out that that I had had. A, they figured out I had had a real stroke, um, not a mini stroke. It was a real stroke, but it was small. And they were going to have a confab of doctors, you know, at various hospitals, deliberate over the case and decide what the next steps were. It could be that I'd need some kind of thing inserted in me or a little bit of surgery. Um, yeah. So that was a little scary. Like a and unfortunately I had, I had that whole thing explained to me by an in, an intern, like a, a new resident, I guess they call it yeah, a yeah, new yeah. doctor yeah. that 
really didn't know how to talk about this sort of thing, and that was very scary. And then they wheeled me into the stroke unit, which is where you've got old people who have been sure. left on what the age were floor you for time? two or three days. Uh, 40, shoot, I'm not sure, 40-something. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was about eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, 43, too. Um the stroke unit is a little more high tech. There's a big table with nurses and they have a lot of equipment and then you get wired up kind of head to toe and there's only about 10 beds in there. So if anything weird happens, they'll know. Yeah. They're on, they're there all the time yeah, monitoring yeah, yeah. vitals all the time. And, uh, and you have your own TV, you have okay. your own little TV. Now, so you, you ended up having some sort of procedure, right? Did they put a stent in or anything? No, like no, they didn't. They, they didn't, didn't have to. It was great. They just the gave next you morning, this neurologist came in and she said, it's good news. We're just going to, uh, treat you with blood thinners. Okay. All right. So I was on blood thinners for a while. Um, and the only bad thing that came out was after a week, I, I knew this would be a problem. In fact, I would walk around the hospital waiting, you know, while I was waiting, just to get a little exercise, just to move around. And they would reprimand me like, oh, Mr. Keener, out for a stroll again? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, then uh, <laughs> finally they released me. And like a moron, I walked all the way home. I was really not strong enough to do that. Yeah. And... Um, my regular GP, I called her. I told her what had happened. She said, oh, I need to see you first thing tomorrow. So she made me hike all the way up to, you know, the Upper West Side. Yeah. And I was really weak from sitting around waiting for all these tests and by getting these injections of blood thinners in me all the time. Sure. Um, and that was a mistake because when I went there, um, I didn't feel right. And she said, I don't think you're right either. I want you to go talk to the doctor in our ER. And so, uh, they looked at me and they put me in, but I think it was basically a, like an anxiety attack or I was just too tired. Sure. Now, how did all of this, did this change the way you saw anything? Yeah. Not to be too profound. I just, I'm just yeah, wondering. Like, no, if, it did. It did give me that, uh, sort of corny perspective on life. Yeah. Where that was sort of close and I could have had some brain damage or something. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. you know, let's take this seriously. Let's definitely have fun yeah and uh do things that we care about and yeah do you still think about that kind of thing now even yeah years later? much less so much less so but i i would say that i'm pretty well trained in that way of thinking i don't i know that i try not to get like say at work i mean it's a good job and i like it but i try not to act like the sword of damocles is that the expression is yeah, hanging yeah, yeah. over me yeah, yeah. there uh even if things are tough or going wrong like i'll find another job life will go on you know whatever it is so yeah, i try yeah, yeah. not to get too hung up in outcomes when you were younger were you more neurotic yeah, I about worry, that kind yeah, of thing? i'd worry more about things going wrong or a bad thing happening than i do these days that's for sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i just figure whatever's going to happen we're going to adjust to it you think that's just age uh it's partly age but it's partly i've worked on it i've tried to man i've just i've worked on it in myself just to be like let's let me be calm here and try to think about what I'm worrying about. And, and I've been meditating lately too. It helps calm me and let me yeah. be still and see you have things a mantra better. and everything. No, okay. no. That, although I imagine that would be good. Some of the TM people, it's all about their mantra. What's TM? Transcendental meditation. Oh yeah. No, and some guru gives you no, your I mantra. Do, I and just do headspace. You're not supposed to tell anybody what your mantra oh, is. Yeah? My theory on it is that everyone has the same mantra. That'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, that's your mantra? That's my What's mantra. What's your mantra? 
That yeah. could be a show. Yeah. Where everyone has to, people have to reveal their mantra, or maybe the people at home see the person's mantra. Yeah. And you have to guess it. Yeah. But Which one of these the three people one? has the mantra? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Is that what they're like? I have no idea. Um, as a non TM, although you know, I, you know, I've heard that you know, if you ever done yoga, you know, they'll do a little chanting at the end, and I'm mean, like, that feels good. I could see doing that for an hour. I would tell you, I was at a, um, I was at this workshop thing that I go to, this Eddie Adams workshop that I go to the past few years, this like photo workshop, and part of the four days that everyone's there, I'm there as like part of the people who run the thing, kind of the the, the black team they're called, and one of my jobs up there is that on one of the days, all of the military, former military people put on their dress uniforms and there's like a procession to this one area of the farm and they do a memorial for all these photojournalists who lost their lives in, oh, wow. in, the, in the line of duty in, in, wow. in action. Yeah, it's really, it's really moving. And um, I play piano while this woman sings Hallelujah. Oh, wow. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. But this year, they added a guy who played gong uh-huh. Who like gets this 36 inch gong like going, like resonating. Wow. And then like it ends up being like this, say, five minutes of just sort of you know, quiet meditation yeah. with this thing going, and everyone just standing That's around. Neat. It was really moving. Like everyone was crying. Like it was like wow. really intense. There was something about the gong, like the like the, the overtones of the gong yeah. have this like really intense kind of thing. So I, I totally believe I don't believe in any like mysticism of it. I just think yeah. that we're sort of wired to sort of emote when we're in those situations. You know what I mean? Or or heal or 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 find perspective or you know, all that. That sounds really stuff. interesting. I mean I do stuff like listen to, you know, white noise or brown yeah. noise or Yeah. I'll have to yeah, find out who funny. this guy is because apparently actually you know what's funny? It's right up where your house is. Cause the guy's like 15 minutes away from Libertyville. Oh, yeah. So he's it up there. You could right probably there. totally meet that dude. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So you find meditation helpful? Yeah, it helps a lot. I do it every day now. And it's not like George Harrison meditation. It's like about 15 minutes. Yeah. And mostly I listen to this app, Headspace. He guides you through it. Heather does that on the subway. Yeah, that's good. I, I'll, do, I'll do it there if I'm really pressed for time. I prefer to do it here in the house. Or yeah. Yeah, it could be outside too, um, but uh, it, it helps. It's hard to actually stay focused on it the whole time, and but your mind wanders, and that's okay. You accept that that happens. Sure, and the guy always says that too. You can uh, get back to it. Let it but wander. But I think it out. helps. I think it helps with uh, your focus, and you Stress, can, it, it feels like there's oh for sure. Yeah, um, I think it kind of makes a little place that you can go to when you're getting a little stressed, or another thing that has been helpful in it. Sometimes when I'm feeling bad, I can kind of say, oh, yeah. I can almost sep- pop out of my own body and go, oh, yeah, Dave's feeling a little sad. That's cool. Feels oh, sad. almost, almost, yeah, detach. I can really detach from it. I can be like, oh, Dave's really stressed yeah. out about some dumb deadline. I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck, good for Dave. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am a big fan of your ballads. Thanks. Um, I do. I mean, like everybody, right? Like everyone has a split of sort of like ballady songs and more like faster songs. Yeah. Um, do you see them as two different kinds of things? Like, do you feel like a song's coming out and you go, "Yep, yeah, this is a this is a weeper." Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think the the um, I, I do think of them as different things, but sometimes, uh, sometimes I've noticed 
a song, uh, like there's a song walking around on the easy way that it starts with that I thought was like a jangly uh, up-tempo number. And now I've slowed way down because I think it loses all the prettiness of the tune when you play it at that 120 beats per yeah, minute. Yeah, it works, it works better slower. I like it a lot slower. I think prettier melodies come That's out That's also a very easily. Dylan thing, right? Like, I'm just going to completely change this song everyone knows really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, they don't know it, this one too well. But, um, but people do recognize and go, oh, shoot. Is that the way that was? In the yeah, record? yeah, yeah, no. yeah. No, nope, um, no, it's not. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, but it brings out the prettiness of it. I heard it. You know, I, I came up with that idea be- mostly because I had heard about some famous Motown writer um, who did a record of all the songs that he'd written or co-written. Yeah. Uh, you know, for all the big stars, and, uh, and he had. He was like, "Yeah, I liked them way slow, but you know, I guess Barry Gordy wanted to pick up the pace and." let the kids dance but he liked most of this guy the guy had re-recorded them all but kind of slow and with him yeah. singing and i thought that's interesting yeah were yeah. they were they do you like them better that way or i mean his? obviously these are like i didn't get to tunes. check them out no i didn't check them I, out. there's a there's a um uh, an album by jimmy webb that he did where he basically sang all these songs oh, you know yeah. he does galveston and all their, yeah, yeah that's good i've heard that and you yeah. know i mean and he i mean he's not the best singer in the world but no. like there's something about hearing there's something different about hearing the person who wrote the song sing the song. And yeah. I'm always, I am I actually gotten into a little bit of a, not an argument, but like a disagreement that I had with, with Chris Malamphy on, on this podcast about this, because <laughs> to me, for him, it's about the record. This is the definitive version of this song. Cause it's the one that became a number one hit. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's like, right. It's very right, distinctive. That right. Way. Where for me, if I had to choose you know, it's like there was a version of, um, you know, the, the Phil Collins separate lives, you know, that song, I uh, forgot how it you goes. have no right to ask me how I feel. And it's like, it's like this really, I it's, do a, du- sort it's, of a, know it's it. a duet ballad, but it was originally written by Stephen Bishop about his breakup with, uh, Karen Allen. Oh, wow. And there's I didn't a, know they were together. I always thought she was so beautiful yeah, when I was a kid. They were married and, and they broke up and, he wrote this song and the opening line is, you know, you called me from a room in your hotel, you know, all full of, uh, romance for someone that you met. Mm. And you know what I mean? And you, and you listen to it and you really feel it when he's just yeah. singing to him in an acoustic guitar in a way that, Oh, it's a pretty song when Phil Collins and yeah. some woman do it, but it's not mm. the same song as when didn't, he did it. Didn't you know? the eighties take a lot of songs and put so much bombast on them that it sucked all the life. Yeah. Out just of like them. too big. I remember yeah. uh, when I was in, when I was at Berkeley, there was a, a, one of my professors knew the guy who wrote the Bonnie Raitt tune. Uh, uh, you can't make me uh, love you. Or, mm-hmm. I can't make you love me if you don't, you know, the, you know, the big Bonnie Raitt tune. Uh, and, uh, and he he had the original demo that the guy recorded just on a piano, like on a Beautiful. cassette deck that he, you know, the night he recorded it. Yeah. And he had the demo. And it's like, oh, that's a completely different song. Yeah, yeah. Better in some ways, right, in my right. opinion, because I sort of like stripping things down. Yeah. Do you like the process of adding things up in, in the studio? I mean, obviously that's fun, but it also seems like you also enjoy you and a guitar in front of a mic playing the tune no i do i i like the um me and a guitar in front of a mic uh with an audience because i feel like i can do uh sort of like i don't know i can bring um a lot of dynamics yeah. to it and i feel like i can do enough that it's entertaining without the whole band you know for a short time yeah not yeah. for a three-hour set but uh 
Yeah, do I like, – let me rephrase it. Let me rethink the question. So it's like I will say this. How about um, when you're making – when I – the records I've been making, they're almost like a luxury. You know, like for yeah. me to make a whole – I have to spend some money yeah. to go to a studio and make a whole full-length album. Yeah. So – but I, it was like I'm going to indulge in that because I've got these songs and I've never done that. Yeah. I had seen uh, a little footage of the Rolling Stones recording Gimme Shelter in a – uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sympathy for the Devil in a studio in Paris. And I was like, that's the way I want to sit in the studio and just figure the song out and let someone else yeah. hit the buttons and stuff. And so I did that, but I, you kind of run up to that writing the songs and finishing them up. So it's um, there's songs that you write for an album and then you figure them out at home, practicing them and then in the studio and then you finalize it and it's yeah. done. And then, but I'm also sticking with these songs for like years afterwards and playing them in little shows and they change a little over time. So I don't feel beholden to the way it was recorded because I figure I learn things. But I'll tell you one thing I do all the time is I find an easier way to play it on the guitar. Oh, really? Like (laughs) fingering stuff? Yeah. I'll be like, there's no reason I need to be going all over the neck with this or playing a bunch of bar chords. Let's find a bunch of open chords and, and change this around. Yeah. Uh, I making things easier lets me focus on the performance more. But I want to make sure we're answering your question. I feel like we wandered. Well, no, it's just it's just it's the idea that like that that whether you like the sort of stripped down versions that the songs are in the beginning, or whether you like them, the final version that ends up being on the record with all the stuff on it. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, I like them. I like. I love. I got to tell you, I love when like the song is sort of first written and done, and there's just a voice recorder yeah. recording of it on my yeah. phone. I love that, and I'll actually. It sounds egotistical. I don't think it comes from there, but I'm just happy and I'm celebrating that it's done. I'll listen to that a lot. I'll be, uh, yeah. I'll be like, wow, this is cool. And it has, it's like a new fresh baby or something like that. Yeah, you know it has I mean? some like punch to it too because you're really feeling yeah. the words that you're saying Yeah, that is actually a little hard to hold on to. I think. It's, got, it's got fire still in it. Yeah. Like it's still burning. Yeah. yeah. It's cooling off. I know. It's like it's, weird. it's been forged. And it might I mean? be that not everybody would get that, but, but I see the... Not everyone would get the way you hear it. Like, even if you played it for somebody like me or Mark or somebody who would get that concept, they wouldn't hear it the same way or that. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good question. I'm not sure. I think you would see like some electricity in it. Yeah. uh, That, but at the same time, that might not work on a record. It might be almost a little too uh, buzzy. Yeah, frenetic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is easy to follow, but anyway, I also like when you get one in the studio, right? Uh, I'm really happy about that, too, because that's not easy. I've learned after making these three albums in a studio that uh, a lot of times you walk away afterwards and you're like, yeah, I don't think that's exactly right. I don't think that tune is right. I I was actually discussing this today with uh, with a photographer friend of mine, and I said, we were talking about, um, she's a wedding photographer, and I said, you know, is it sometimes like, you 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 leave the wedding knowing that you don't quite have what they were looking for or you oh, know what wow. i mean yeah. they wanted a certain picture a certain way and the weather just didn't cooperate or the yeah. wedding's at noon and they like sunset shots and it's like well i can't get sunset shots at noon you know what i mean yeah, that kind right, of like right. this misunderstanding i remember doing recording stuff in the past when people would come in and i want my record to sound this way it's like well we can only sort of create use what your instrument and your voice sound like in this room on these mics i can't make it sound like Abbey road necessarily. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like there, but, but that you have to embrace the fact that any complex art form, whether you're making a movie or a record or anything like that, it takes on its own life. And part of it is letting go of trying to be a micromanager and just letting it become what it becomes. 
Yeah. yeah. I think that uh, that's a great way to go about it, to embrace some limitations about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which is, you know, people say that a lot, but there's a lot of truth to it. Like our friend Sid Caldera, she yeah. had been really into this electronic music and was working on that. And then she, I don't know if she just sort of had an epiphany that she's a good guitarist and a good singer and she kind of wanted to focus her attention there. And she made a EP of, I think, four or five songs. And I think it sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that's great when you figure out, oh, yeah, this is the way to go. I think, uh, but I think studio recording is pretty hard. I, I think it was ambitious, the three records I made. There's a lot of other players on them. Yeah. I tried different arrangements and stuff. And I think they get better in some ways. Uh, the yeah. last one, I, I just decided to record fewer songs and and to rehearse more with, the, with, uh, the band. with Russ, the bass player, and Jamie, the drummer. Yeah. Uh, and I think that made it sound a little more cohesive. I think there's also an interesting thing with... Uh, your records in general too. I mean, in the same way that, you know, your father writes books and there's this tome, you know what I mean? Yeah, that you yeah, can yeah. like say like when I'm long gone, this is going to remain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It'll be hard to find 40 me. years from now. <laughs> somebody could listen to, I know any one of the songs that you're, you know, a few yeah, songs that you're might. playing tonight and, and like somebody might get off on it 30 or 40 years from now. You yeah, know what I mean? True. Like, yeah. And there's something about a statement of like, I was here, I think to, no, this kind of, is that absolutely. part of why you make them? Absolutely, yes, definitely, yeah. definitely, and especially the full length albums. I'm like, like I've accomplished the thing. Here's this physical yeah. thing that's like yeah. done. I, I get, I'll remind myself sometimes when I'm not feeling that great that I got full three full length albums that I made myself. Yeah, you know, with with my friends and you know my uh, and a fourth one in the, the Seaside Studio. Yeah, I'm working on another one, but um, that makes me feel like you know that's a little. That's a little body of work. Yeah. And then there's all the live stuff too, but, uh, you know, there's some really good moments on each of those three. Yeah. You know? I mean, the song or deathmatch is really fun just cause you get all these people. No, song or deathmatch is great. I feel, I, I actually feel like that's sort of my, my mission. I don't want to, um, I, I, I feel like at my age almost, I don't want to make it just about me and how good a songwriter I am and how right. good a performer I am. I like sharing stuff with the community of other people, the people yeah. that like to go out and have a beer um, and see some songwriters yeah. and the people that are those songwriters. I, I love the thing about the Deathmatch. I, I was just like, I don't want it to be about, it was kind of after the stroke. It was just like, I want to go back and play again. Yeah. I don't want to go play for an hour so and I'll have make two people thing. there. Yep. I'm just going to create my new thing where I share with like three or four other people. We all bring some people. We all see each other. The people cross-pollinate yeah, a little. We eat tater tots. We eat a lot of tater tots. Those are so and, good. Why are tater tots so good, damn good? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's something about the amount of crispiness yeah. in the exterior. You know those were uh, made because they had extra shredded, they had like remnants of potatoes at Orida. And so they decided to just clump them together and fry them as a product, as a way to like basically use scraps. God, is that how we got beef jerky or is that not the... Probably. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of stories like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we do with this? I don't know. Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> That's Vaseline, right? What do you call it? Yeah. I call it the tiny, crispier yeah. composite potato. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to work on that. Yeah. Um, we got to yeah. get a copywriter in here to come up tater. with a tater. How about a tater tot? It's like yeah. a little baby tater. Hey, yeah. that's good. I like that tater tot. Yeah. Hey, uh, tater tot was born. Can you, there's a new song, the Labor of Love one. Yeah. You mind playing that one for sure, me? Sure, I'd love to. This is a great song. Oh, thanks, man. <clears throat> and it's fun 
But this also has not a, not a, like a, I, I use I use the term tinge. I don't mean it as a negative. Uh, tune it up. No, no, tune it up. That's fine. Okay. Um, a lot of your songs in the last few years have this theme of what you dreamed your life would be versus what it is and sort of both coming to terms with reality and also like there's a line in this I think it's right after the break Mm -hmm. where you come in you said uh, I forget exactly talk about the dreams that don't come true yes and then what's the next line because a bunch of mine do and I'm with you yeah that's a that's an absolute beautiful line yeah and um, like I like and I, I feel like that two lines is is a is a is a heavy theme in a lot of your songs. Yeah, I you know Joe was saying I think we're gonna call the next album PTO because Joe <laughs> my wife was like uh you got this whole stream of songs that are about wanting to play music more and not work. Um and uh, yeah this is one of them. Um yeah labor of love uh yeah no that's that's the thing I I, I don't want to be a downer about not being a highly paid musician. I didn't uh, mean to imply that you were trying to be. I just, I just think it's. A really it was at one point, but it's been a long time. Since it's a I really interesting that. psychological thing that you're going. Through. I feel like it's a real insight. Yeah, something I think about a lot. I, I mean, you know, like there are so many musicians that actually were. It was their job, and they kind of died with nothing. Yeah. So um, at the same time, uh, so I didn't really get screwed by a record company. I didn't get paid by a record company, but I did manage to make music in my life and I still will. Yeah. Um, and I have an income. It's, know. it's interesting. You and I, in some ways went in different directions. Yeah. Yeah. You really gave it all to the photography. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I great. make less money than I did when I was in advertising most of the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes you probably do better. Sometimes I do better. Yeah. yeah. And, but it, there's definitely a, I am willing to trade that fulfillment. I mean, I remember even when I started going, and being working freelance. And there was a time that you worked freelance back in the day mm-hmm. and you didn't like it. I remember <laughs> yeah. you being stressed out by the, by the freelance lifestyle. Yeah. I guess I've tried it a couple of times and I've uh, had mixed experiences with it. Yeah. Sometimes right. when it goes on for a long time and you're not working that much, it's hard. It's the anxiety yeah. of it. Right. Yeah. Where like, I've just sort of, that anxiety has been the last 20 years of my life. So it's like, the flip side of that, which is all the downside of having a jobby job, which, you know, yeah. all the normal, like you got to be there and you got bosses and mm-hmm. coworkers that are annoying and whatever. I'm, I'm willing to make that. Tra- I'm on one side of the line and you're right on the other side of the line. I feel like you and I could play tennis across that line. No, it's true. I mean, I admire that you did that and you've managed to make a living doing it. I, I really admire the crap out of that. Um, I didn't really see that as a possibility. Uh, well, music I just didn't see enough well, revenue there's less streams actual, available. Yeah, exactly. Especially with music. There's less like money to be made, like jobs. Really that actually pay. Like you could probably get on TV as some kind of a comedy writer or a writer on TV. There's a lot of TV shows that yeah. writers. Uh, that's probably something I could have done. That's, a I mean, you have artistic. friends who went that direction. Uh, yeah. Chris and a yeah, bunch of other people. Chris yeah. And, and all his friends, they actually all, pretty much all of them got a job of some kind yeah. writing on TV. But, um, I don't know a lot of musicians that have made a job of it. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's tough gig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not, Sorry, a, lot mean there's not a lot of money in it, but yeah, the, I mean, I, I made, um, I did make a decision. I started got around the time I was turning 30, I started to get a little paranoid about, wow, the route I'm going down 
you know, I'm going to have like no health insurance and yep. be depending on my folks and not be able to start a family, which is something I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, I kind of just got into this advertising stream and, um, I remember you saying like, I don't want to, you know, wake up 10 years from now and just be working on toothpaste or something. Yeah. But I wasn't that afraid to wake up 10 years from now working on toothpaste. Right. Yeah. It yeah, didn't yeah. scare me that much. So. And it's getting, again, it's not a judgment either way. No. You know, it's just like you different were braver ways. for sure. You deserve credit for that. Yeah. What good does it do me? <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know, Here I am uh, doing a podcast that's listened to by a thousand people. That's pretty good. Hey, you know, it's I a thousand more people me, than I had uh, before. That sounds like a bunch. I don't usually go to a, you know, a night of songwriter deathmatch and have a thousand people in the audience. So, <laughs> um, yeah, labor of love. Um, yeah, right. Today on a mission to play Cause a day with the song is a pretty good day So I stayed for a little while I play my fiddle, chuck it Over the plate, I'll knock it Right up the middle and work all day Manhattan's throng It's a sailor club, Monaco, 12 miles long Got the burrows in my veins, big pen and my jeans I'm a Brooklyn ballad banger Representing from Queens And come on, everybody, you got me Sing it to you, let me know if I am in breach, I'm bald as a peach, but if your ears are in reach, I wanna sing to you with words that are my own. After that, I'll shuffle along, but I'm glad that you're here to hear my labor of love song. Bar. It's a beautiful night, so stay for a little while I play my fiddle, chuck it over the plate, I'll knock it Right up the middle, must have had a hard blow to the back of the head To compete with every songwriter living and dead Right there on your phone, every song ever known But I'm here in the flesh, people throw me a bone, throw a bone Everybody, look at me, sing it to you, let me know if I'm in reach, I'm bald as a peach But if your ears are in reach I wanna sing to you With words that are my own After that, I'll mosey along But I'm glad that you're here To hear my labor of love song Talk about the dreams that don't come true A bunch of mine do when I'm with you So stay for a little while Play my fiddle, chuck it Over the plate, knock it Right down the middle And if you've got a light, please let it shine For your kind attention, I'll pay with mine I'll sign your email list I'll watch your YouTube clips And if the baby's a boy I'm gonna play at the bris, at the bris Everybody, look at me 
singing to you Let me know if I am in breach I'm bald as a peach But if your ears are in reach I wanna sing to you With words that are my own After that I'll shuffle along But I'm gladly here After that I'll mosey along But I'm so glad you came After that I'll shuffle along, but I'm glad that you're here to hear my labor of love song. Thanks, man. Slightly messed up a lyric, but I think that was a good take otherwise. No, it was great. You know, it, it is, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, Bring this back over here. Um, the, the line about, you know, the, the, the dreams come true, when, you know, some of those dreams come true when I'm with you. Mm. I mean, like, yes, I'm a few years younger than you. When we met, I think the difference in our age felt bigger than it does now. Yeah. You know what I mean? As you get older, it's like yeah. the same thing with your brother, right? You know? Oh, yeah. Um, but that, you know, you have Joe and I have Heather and like, mm. they're like, not every dream that I've ever thought comes true. So I listen to that and I just go, oh, yeah, no, like there is, there's magic in what does happen, even if what you imagined was going to happen doesn't happen. Yeah, I Does think that, that, you know I mean? think that the falling uh, some of the falling short of that huge dream um you know some of the things the things that you do get now are you appreciate them maybe a little more. Like I mean here it is like I'm in a bar, I'm playing, people are listening to my stuff. Yeah. They're enjoying it. I you know some of them are my friends and yeah. family and and Joe is there and it's like but then there's a bunch of new people listening yeah. to me I mean what's not really good about it's that? everything you wanted except the bag full of cash yeah right <laughs> whatever whatever that right. even and means I mean that's just like that's but that's almost and the fame the big fame yeah, that goes yeah, bigger yeah, than yeah, that yeah. but like to have an audience actually look at you and appreciate you uh, and and really be gripped by what you're doing and burst out with a bunch of applause at the end that's a great feeling and and not for nothing but being good enough and being practiced enough and writing songs that are good enough that people will come and listen and want to come and listen. I mean, yeah. you're a much better musician than you were 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's like a certain power in that too. And an accomplishment. Oh yeah. You know? no, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's well, fun to get better. There was a time when, after your stroke where you would go play at the hospital or something like that. Wasn't there some I kind of thing it was before the stroke? Was maybe. it? Okay. Yeah. No, I would go. Yeah, it was great. I would go, uh, play in the psych ward at Methodist Hospital. Okay. There's a thing called Sparks of Life. It was a volunteer program. And um, after filling out a bunch of forms, they would let you loose on uh, you know, patients to play some music. Uh, they'd all come in. They'd have just eaten and probably been medicated a little bit. And they'd come in, uh, you know, in various states of anxiety and... Uh, calm and yeah. watch you play a good microcosm of a normal audience at a bar <laughs> well you know it's good preparation for some place yeah no yeah. totally yeah uh, totally how many people hand, would they, be there um uh, like 20 okay there's a lot 25 maybe yeah um and they'd go from but it would be a really interesting experience it, it actually be touching because like some of them you know they weren't that different than really a lot of them weren't very different from you at all. They just yeah. had a bad week on and needed a medication adjusted or something. Yeah. 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 And some had really big problems. Like one, I remember one woman doing a lot of screaming and stuff while I was playing, but, um, you know, the doc, the, the sort of the guy, I forget what their, I forget what the title of the job is, but he wasn't quite a doctor, but he was helping to manage the people. Um, and he was like, no, this is great. She's, really participating in the music. I know that sounds like a joke, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got it after, cause she wasn't, 
trying to interfere, but she was like, she was excited about it. Yeah, she was kind of singing along. And uh, it was great. I actually learned a lot doing that. I learned a big thing I learned doing that that I still use sort of in advertising when presenting work is, uh, or or when doing the songwriter death match. And people think this is funny, but you know, when people come in to the songwriter death, when I'm setting up the sound and people start coming in, people I don't know, I'll say hi and thanks for coming and, you know, who are you and what's up and we'll chat and, you know, and, uh, and I'll do that with people drifting in to see a presentation at work too. I feel like it, uh, you're already starting to bring them into the show. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think that the music that you make, would you make different music if you knew it had to have a commercial success? Yeah, I would, I would take a, if I, if it had to have a, like if you knew you success, were trying I would to definitely do... go at it more methodically, probably. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But do you think the end product would be uh, same style and no, that kind of thing? No, I think it'd be different. Um, I, th- I think that you try to make songs for hip hop, Britney Spears. Yeah, I you think use that, your drum machine over here more often. I don't think that the, my sound is kind of a, a little bit of a seventies throwback yeah. sound. I, think. I love this. You see, seventies yeah. singer songwriter is like my era. No, I, I love it too. I can ever tell you about the time. time Heather and I were? Whether I think the guy person was good, bad, or sort of indifferent, I'll yeah. listen to it. Yeah, you know? uh, uh, like I love Carol King. Yeah, um, and uh, uh, now I'm spacing on the guy's name. Um, but and then people I don't even like as much, like Jim Harry Croce. Nelson or whatever. You don't like Jim Croce? I, I like him. I don't like him that. I don't love him. Yeah, but I'll his listen to the records. I'll listen to the whole record. Yeah. Uh, cause the songs I are still great. like, I like it. I still yeah, like it. Yeah. yeah. I don't buy the character that he plays in it as much. Oh as yeah. Yeah. The, Fair enough. Other. Yeah. But, um, I, no, but I'm what I'm saying is even though I don't love his writing that much yeah. as a whole, and sometimes the sort of affect of it, I think is a little corny. I still listen to the records and I still enjoy that. Yeah. 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 I'm saying the, I like everybody. From yeah. There. I, I got, I got <laughs> deep into, um, Jackson Brown about a, two years ago. I was like, how have I not listened to Jackson Brown? Like, there's just so many Jackson Brown songs that are just like crushingly great. And you're just like, where is this guy? I haven't really tried it. You know, honestly, I've been really resistant to James Taylor. And a few times I've listened to him lately and I'm like, wow, this guy's good. He's a hell of a guitar player too. His songs are great. He's a hell of a guitar player, like way underrated. And singing is great. Yeah. Yeah, Famously, whenever I play my music, Heather always like throws up her hands. She's like, were you raised in a fucking elevator? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's funny no you got a little you got a some cheese in oh your heart. totally yeah, cheese no yeah, i yeah. love it yeah but yeah. see that's like it's funny because i grew up in the 80s i didn't grow up in the 70s like yeah you know i think maybe because my father owned the record stores maybe that was part of it i just always leaned into that kind of music you know what i mean like that yeah, was more I, interesting i liked it me. i mean I, I, that was the only time i really listened to pop radio in my life was was in, when you were a little and kid. I, I liked that stuff, you know, like year 1976, it was, you'll never find yeah. a yeah. love quite like mine. And boy, <laughs> when you heard a song on the radio in those days, you heard it a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that Lou Rawls? That, yeah. 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 And uh, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Oh, yeah. 76. And yeah. each of those years had a song that got played to that. Remember Rock the Boat? You're probably too young. Rock the Boat, Don't Rock the sure, Boat. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. got played. Yeah. Out of control to death. Um, but no, it was actually. Do, do you remember era. what year it was that whatever music is today's music lost you? And Or has it? I'm assuming you no, don't, don't listen I, to all I, that I mean, much, like, you know. 
Yeah, um, I, I I try to keep an open mind about stuff and hear things. A lot of times, I'll be like, "Oh, I kind of respect what's going on here." Sure. Yeah. I just don't like it that much. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I was like, uh, no, I'm 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 pretty bad. I I have my head up my ass um, in terms of cultural. What were you gonna say? Uh, I love the Lady Gaga album, Joanne. Okay. Yeah, when she made an album yeah. uh, that was not electronic, that was more of a singer-songwriter album, yep. I really liked it, and I listened to it to yeah. death. I think her songs are really great. I could almost... It's like, turn the pageantry down, and I'd like you more. Hmm. Like, I'm I'm sort of on on that thing with her. I, I, that's really the electronic music that has a ton of pageantry. That's what I'm right? saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But to this stuff, she's got an insanely good voice. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's yeah. a person right now that I like. I gotta say, I like... Um, I don't want I'm blanking on everyone's name. Who is the woman who was twerking and everyone gave her a hard time about it? Uh, Cardi B? No. no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus is... Oh, uh, oh uh, my, my, uh, yeah, I like uh, her voice my, a lot. I like how she's a real rock singer. Yeah. You know, you don't hear sing. that too much. Sure. Um, she's... I don't... And... Uh, People she's like a, like those Adele records. I mean, that moment can sing, and she's got some hell Her of voice songwriters. Is insanely good. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, there are people. Those but, songs are great. Right. Those songs are great. But a lot of that, all the stuff that we just listed, is far more in keeping with the kind of stuff we would like, rather yeah. than the more sort of electronica based stuff. Yeah, I, which not, just tends I, to I not really interest connect me. to it. Not yeah. me either. And you, I don't like to put anything down. I just uh, they're working super thing? hard on it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I just uh, yeah. Don't, I'm sure there's real art to it, but I don't like. Yeah. I don't know that there's these people our age that are into it. Um, yeah, I, no, I don't. I don't get that at all. Like, I do. I do get rap and hip hop a little sure. bit. I don't listen to a lot of it. I'm a little stuck in the '90s on it. Yeah, yeah. But um, oh, so no, I know. Yeah. At at Berkeley, my one of my roommates was this like was was this like kid from New Jersey. This white kid from New Jersey, Sean Sotero, is my still my friend who does a podcast called the cypher. That's a, an interview podcast, a hip hop interview podcast that he does. He's the host of. So I called him up and I was like, I'm in the car. I'm in an Uber on the way to meet Jerobi white. Can you tell me everything I need to know about Jerobi white in the next like 10 minutes? Oh my God. He's, and he, he works at complex magazine. And he said, he said, yeah, let me find an empty conference room. And he's wow. just like, talk about this. Don't talk about this. He was really good friends with Fife. He's not friends with, you know, like whatever the oh thing my is, God, right? That's great. And Fife don't died talk and, about Q-tip you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whatever the thing. And I just, I love that there are people out there who, st- who see, who think as much about that, about Tribe Called Quest or hip hop yeah. as you and I and Chris Malanfi know about the Beatles. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's that stuff is up there. It's up there with the Beatles in terms of how great it is. Yeah. yeah. Maybe so, not just Tribe Called Quest by themselves, but maybe them and some of the people that they played around with, their like extended sort of posse. Yeah, exactly. Pretty amazing output of stuff. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's, it's kind of crazy. No, it's. Um, I think it's really cool. I I started to listen to that and I was like, how did they make this stuff? And I started to read about it a little bit. And yeah, there were floppy disks involved and oh, yeah. deep cuts and parents you know record collections and yeah yeah um weird little sort of self-contained machines like that um yeah the, the what's, what's that, um, yeah what's that one sampler the, everyone the gray uses? thing that everybody yeah, yeah 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 i forgot it npc something or other yeah so, yeah yeah, yeah. It's NPC. Like, we are real experts in this but anyway and, and the, we, it's yeah. weird because the actual the the timing and stuff of that is kind of funky which is mm-hmm. why people like it yeah because it actually isn't correct and that's why people it has a groove to it that other stuff doesn't have it either has more resolution or less resolution than other things and so it has like a weird slightly janky feel to it which gives it 
kind of this crunchy kind of feel, which is why people like. I, I got to tell you, one time, you know, with Songwriter Deathmatch, one thing I've tried to do past year or so is try to make the show more diverse. And it's yeah. not easy because I don't know enough. I have to go out and try to find people that aren't style or just also like racial and, and style, all that. Racial, yeah. gender, you know, orientation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I work on it. I'm not, I'm not doing a very great job on it, but I, I do a little. I, it is better than it was when the show first started. Yeah, yeah. But um, like I need. I have not. I have had a hip hop artist on the radio show, but not on the. How did it go? I missed live, that one. Oh, it was good. It was good. He didn't. Rap. He doesn't really rap. He's a producer. Okay. So we played some tracks he produced with other people. But that's great. We can talk about yeah, yeah. making hip hop, and we ask. We talked about his work too. But we also said, "Look, we don't know how your stuff is made at all, so we just want to talk about that as well." Yeah. And he was great. He, he was really great. R.J. R.J. Smith. Interesting. Yeah. Um, who's a sort of a friend of my wife's friend. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, husband of my wife's friend. But that's how you end up meeting people, is you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm working harder on it. You could find, you know, on Instagram, you can suddenly find that there's an open mic that's more hip hoppy. And actually, sure. I found a woman from that who's going to play at a death match in December. But I'd like to extend that a lot. I'd like to have like actual rappers come in. I don't know, play a backing track off their phone or whatever, and then then rap yeah, to do it. Do something. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I feel like the living in this world of folky music, particularly when the folky music gets really folky, like it's about sitting by a river and doing, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Thing, like we really have our head up our ass when we do yeah. stuff like that. I want to have some, I want to have a connection to reality with the music. But even bringing Sid in, she's much younger than a lot of the other people who are on there, right? So yeah, I mean, like no, a, that's right. Young, getting young people thing, yeah. is good too. Yeah, yeah. And she's introduced me to some good people that I've brought in. Um, the, uh, yeah, no, she she's been great. She was great on the radio. And how often do you do those? There, Freddie's Bar here in Brooklyn, that was, Fifth Avenue. Yeah, I try to. I one I a month. I, it's kind of like one a month, and it ends up being eight or nine a year. Okay, which is okay. Yeah. Um, some months get too busy, and uh, the radio show I've been sticking to one a month, uh, just to have some semblance of a programming schedule with a radio station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, really? and now I want to play more full length sets again. I would like to. You personally, yeah, I'd like to weave in a full length show once in a while. Which is what to you, eight or eight or ten tunes. Yeah, do you sometimes feel tunes. constricted by two or three tunes playing at the death match? You know, I didn't for a long time, and now I'm starting to. Now I feel like I because feel, you have new material. You think? Or? Yeah, I know, like a lot of songs now, and I feel like I'm better. I focused on getting better as a player and performer for a while there, yeah. and now that I feel better at that, you know. Um, I feel like doing a full set, doing a few full sets every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once a quarter, play a full hour or something. I I will tell you on mic as your friend of 21 years, you are, the way that you deal with your music is kind of an inspiration. Like I love, yeah? yeah, no, totally. Like the fact that you do this, like you like make time for it and you actually do it and you're writing new songs and you're like making work that you're proud of, like, that's amazing because so many people are a lot of talk and don't actually do. Yeah. And I'm much more impressed by people who do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you're like that too. You Even do if a it's whole not portrait perfect. every day. Yeah. Yeah. And you plus know. this. And yeah. Yeah. I like, I like doing, I, 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 I filmed a documentary video the other day that I'm, I've got like an hour and 20 minutes. I got to cut down to five minutes, you know? So like I'm doing more video stuff starting to do now. So it's like, I'm trying to, like, I always want to be busy. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you like being busy? If, if you're not busy, like if I'm not busy, I get sad. So I try mm. to make myself busy. You know, like with having a work schedule, when I'm not busy, I do sometimes, I'll enjoy that a solid not busy for five or six hours. Yes. On a weekend or something. Yeah. Um, I love a schedule. And we talk, Joe is like a producer. She wants to, her natural instinct is I'm going to blaze through this list of things I want to do. Um, and I'm more like, yeah, I'm more like, maybe I'm going to do one thing in the morning and maybe one thing in the afternoon. On the weekends, I like to really slow it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Where she's still sort of in work mode, but at home. Yeah, but she has fun. She'll that's how she she'll research herself. something that we need to buy, yeah. and then she'll do some nice thing for the house. She'll go out and see a friend, and she'll go uh, do some research for one of her projects, and yeah, then she'll yeah, yeah. like go out and have a nail appointment, and yeah. she'll blaze through a ton of things. Yeah. She's she's one of my next guests, I think. Oh yeah, she'd be yeah, great. We're gonna, we're gonna yeah, get her on. Great. It's, it's she's got a lot going really... on to talk about. Yeah, I like that kind of thing. But um, yeah, no, but I also like I like to um, I call it puttering. I like just puttering around the house. Yeah. Let me go, let me go f- attempt to fix some slightly or clean up some little yeah. thing, do a little something to make the yard look a little better. Then just sit and space out for a little while, you know, with your brother two blocks away. Yeah. Um, and now his kids are ones in college, ones in late high school. Yeah. It, do you find yourself like reconnecting with him in a way that you didn't because like he was busy doing kid stuff for a year. Do you think that like that'll rekindle at all? Like making stuff with him? Oh yeah. Well, you know, we did. He did. We did get together and do uh, a couple songwriter deathmatch performances. Oh, that's yeah, true. I could yeah, see yeah, that. yeah. And I could see yeah. having him on the. Um, I would love to have him on the radio show to uh, maybe talk about an artist he likes, like yeah. out of the Clash or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I could see collaborating. He's got into film. I don't stuff see too. us doing the whole them Keener Boys thing. So yeah, much. yeah, yeah. But maybe just once in a while we trot it out and have a lot of fun with it doing like yeah, five or six Which you have done songs. before. Yeah, right? which yeah. we'll do once in a while, which is fun. Yeah. Um, do they come back quickly? The tunes? Yeah, they come back pretty quickly. They come back. It's a pretty funny process. We'll sit down and we'll start playing. We'll be like, whoa. Okay, let's put on the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's hard. And then you're like, oh, yeah. And then it starts to come back. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. goofy licks that you played. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Weird little stops you had. It's and, funny how brains work, right? Yeah, it, it actually all this stuff is stored that you just can't see. Yeah, and what did you guys record that on? Some crazy Tascam yeah, hard drive a great recorder. Tascam, because um, I had this goofy idea that oh, I work all day with a computer. I don't want to come home and mess with a computer. This is stupid, really stupid. <laughs> so I bought this uh, eight track dedicated computer. Yeah, uh, Tascam. Yeah, it was a Tascam. Uh, yeah, and then you had to. You mixed down to a DAT. Yeah. It's pretty weird. It's, yeah. It was quite uh, obsolete. Did you feel like you were uh, still have it. editing with uh, boxing gloves on? Oh sometimes? my God. Yeah. 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 And then once in a while, the computer would get just kind of go Glitchy. off. Yeah. And you'd have to you'd make sure you backed up your stuff on DATs. Yeah. Because um, you'd have to reformat that computer and oh, get God. it going again. What a nightmare. I edited the available Temping Man and the album on that. Yes, um, available temping man was all the like voiceover stuff. That too. was there was more editing on that because actually mostly, you know, uh, when we recorded on the Tascam, linear, yeah, we we got the whole take right. So if, if I was putting down a guitar, I only used it if I got the whole take right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was no assembly of anything. It is it is interesting how far we've come in all of that. The fact that you know your phone with your little. Apogee plugged into it, you yeah. could record your record if you really wanted to. Could you plug the Apogee into the phone? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't even know how to do that. You can that. do that, and you can use GarageBand on the phone. You could record all your stuff on your phone. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's and then it's move them over cool. to GarageBand on your computer if you wanted to. I don't like GarageBand. Well, either do I, but it's yeah. an option. <laughs> yeah. Um, wrapping up here, could you indulge me with my favorite song of yours? Is that Mike and Love? Is that your I song? think it is. Yeah. Oh, thanks. This song is. Uh, uh, this song is. Uh, sh- yeah, it's moving to me, and I feel like some of the imagery you use. There's a line in this song that just kills me every time. Do you know what line that would be? They don't make things in America anymore. No. Let's see. Let's sing it, and then we'll see if you can pick out the line. Is that a weird one to finger? It's not that hard, but I definitely it's it's I don't have when many that I finger like this. Yeah. It's also interesting because it's almost all on the top four strings. Yeah. Those are the pretty ones. Why'd you have to go and call it making love? We were having such a good time (laughs) Till some genius went and screwed it all up Why'd you have to call it making love? When you say that love is what this has to be It's like you're giving back my flowers Cause you wanted a tree and shoveling your landfill in my beautiful valley to make your mountain when you call it making love. Oh, trying to elevate it, but it doesn't make it better when all you do to make it is rub two people together. Have we forgotten what your love is? For is that really what we're making On the living room floor You know we don't make things In America anymore So why do you call it making love? saw her I had to stop and stare there was nothing to make love was sitting right there but the words got too strong and I got too scared oh why'd you have to call it making love oh let's get together and have a celebration let's not talk about forever that's a future conversation if we find something in each other's arms you're entitled to call it whatever you want just as long as you call me 
And wait till I'm gone If you really must call it making love And similar to the way uh, that we were talking about how a song has this special thing right when it's made, right? Yeah. That the definitions we try to put on relationships with people only lessen the relationship. I don't necessarily think they make it better. You know what I'm Mm, saying? Yeah. Like I've always, like even, even with my wife, like Heather and I are married. Yeah. But like I would be perfectly happy living the rest of my life with her not being married. Right. It, the state saying that we are now a couple almost takes the patina off what is magic without hmm. that. You know what hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And so there's like something really beautiful about a lot of the imagery in that song. I don't know. There's just, it's like, it's like it, it was here. We didn't need it to find it. We don't need to call it anything. It's already there. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, like you, we can't make this any better by putting words. To right. It. And that's, that section of the song is about this guy feeling burned by, romanticizing things in the past and calling it making love and yeah and it not working out and yeah. that's why he's not just a jerk he actually has a reason why and there's also the the this you know i had to stop and stare yeah we didn't yeah, have to make yeah. love it was sitting right there like like it it's it's a little bit like the the robert persig idea of quality you know it's hmm. just like quality is inherent in the object or in the in the in the idea in the, in the relationship like it's there. We didn't have to find it. We yeah, didn't have to right, create it. Right. Like we didn't have to dress I walked it up. in, I saw, I fell in love. Like yeah. that, that's love. Not yeah. whatever else we try to add on to that later. Like it's, it's, there's, there's a, there's a pure emotion to it that, that transcends everything else we try to do to define it. Yeah. And I think that in this case, this guy is, he's just afraid to call it making love because he doesn't want to get hurt. Yeah. It sounds course. like he's just kind of a sleazo. But yeah. 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 But, um, <laughs> no, yeah, uh, that's what it's, yeah, that's what it's, it's a beautiful about. song. Uh, anyway. How autobiographical. Oh, that's not, that's not very autobiographical. That one's just, uh, just imagine. Just I, I guess I was just thinking about, uh, it is a little odd that we put that on. It's uh, it, you're trying to, it's kind of like greenwashing, uh, you know, a, yeah. a polluter. It's sort of yeah. like, you know, sexual urges don't all come from love. Yeah. Yeah. A goodly share of lust involved. <laughs> and that's all right. Yeah. And that's all right. Uh, people can find your stuff on, you got it on Spotify, but people can buy it too, can't they? Yeah. They can buy it on uh, Bandcamp and they can buy it on Amazon and uh, Apple Music. Okay. And uh, what's the other one? Uh, that's uh, about it, right? I guess. I don't yeah, know. That's I, don't, it. I never buy music. But anymore. you can buy it on any of them. Uh, it's, it's, they're, those albums are pretty widely available. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want? Uh, so Deathmatch, you know when the next one is? Yeah, um, we've got a Songwriter Deathmatch coming up at Freddy's November. Is it the 14th or the 16th? It's the Saturday. Okay. And then there's another one December the 16th or the 14th, the Saturday. Okay. Yeah. It's the, it's the 16th yeah. of one and the 14th of the other? Yeah, and you can always go to, you know, at davekeener.com. I've usually got the dates and uh, you can sign the email list and uh, listen to the old radio shows. And, and if you like singers, songwriters, coming out to Brooklyn and going to the death match. And, you know, I go to a lot of these things. So, I mean, it's, it's a good group of people and it's a fun. Yeah. It's a fun time. Yeah. yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. It's about, it's really about getting people together. Yeah. You know, I, I like trying out new songs and everything and meeting the, the new artists and also their friends. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good. Getting together is kind of what it's all about. So. Yeah. 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 Thanks Dave. 
Thank you very much, Bill. Thanks for coming over. No problem. I like coming over. And uh, should we see? Let's let's do a live update here. On, uh, let's see who's winning. Uh, oh my God, I'm afraid. You, I bet the Nationals have scored by now. Nope. Oh. Astros two zero, top of the seventh. Oh boy, it's getting late. Three innings to make three runs. Or two, at least two. At least two, but ooh, trouble. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, I don't know. You uh, game seven. You got to pull out all all the, all stops. the stops. Uh, yeah. Um, Walter Johnson's coming out of the <laughs>